Two of the readings for this week give a lengthy poetic description of God as creator and the world as his gracious and sovereignly ordained creation. One of the most important theological distinctions we make in the study of God is sometimes known as the creator-creation distinction. The difference between who God is as creator and who we are as created beings within the natural world is absolute and profound. The ways the biblical writers speak of God force us to respect this creator-creation distinction in all of our worship and all of our God talk. We can't collapse these categories, making God part of the world or the created order, part of God's being. We also can't completely isolate these realities, making God either completely distant or unable to interact with the physical universe because of his utter transcendence. Because of God's sovereign pleasure, he both creates and acts within the world while remaining the transcendent creator who is almighty above all worlds. In the book of Job, much of the content of the book is the discourse between Job and his friends about who God is and how he relates to the actions of humans who are either just or unjust. After many words are exchanged, the Lord himself speaks out of a whirlwind in Job 38. In this divine discourse, God does not give specific answers to the questions raised by Job's suffering or his friends' speeches. Rather, the Lord puts an avalanche of questions to Job himself that rhetorically overwhelm any and all objections. Here, the creator-creation distinction is reiterated in a forceful way by the Lord as he corrects and responds to Job. The implication here is that because God is creator, he has utter sovereignty over the created order and any questions that might arise in response to what happens in the world. In Psalm 104, the psalmist takes up the theme of Job 38 and argues that it is an occasion for praise and worship. The intricate design of the universe becomes the basis for the psalmist's extended exaltation in God's handiwork. Both the tiny details and the enormous landscapes find their ultimate origin in God's unlimited power to create and order the natural world. Because of their length, both of these texts are sometimes neglected. In this light, it's worth hearing these sections of Scripture out loud as a testament to the literary beauty of these powerful descriptions of God as the sovereign maker of heaven and earth. Job 38 Then the Lord spoke to Job out of the storm and said, Who is this that obscures my plans with words without knowledge? Brace yourself like a man. I will question you, and you shall answer me. Where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? Tell me if you understand. Who marked off its dimensions? Surely you know. Who stretched out a measuring line across it? On what were its footings set? Or who laid its cornerstone while the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy? Who shut up the sea behind doors when it burst forth from the womb? When I made the clouds its garment and wrapped it in thick darkness? When I fixed limits for it and set its doors and bars in place? When I said, this far you may come and no farther? Here is where your proud waves halt. Have you ever given orders to the morning or shown the dawn its place, that it may take the earth by the edges and shake the wicked out of it? The earth takes shape like clay under a seal. Its features stand out like those of a garment. The wicked are denied their light, and their upraised arm is broken.
Have you journeyed to the springs of the sea, or walked in the recesses of the deep? Have the gates of death been shown to you? Have you seen the gates of the deepest darkness? Have you comprehended the vast expanses of the earth? Tell me if you know all this. What is the way to the abode of light, and where does darkness reside? Can you take them to their places? Do you know the paths to their dwellings? Surely you know, for you are already born. You have lived so many years. Have you entered the storehouses of the snow or seen the storehouses of the hail, which I reserve for times of trouble, for days of war and battle? What is the way to the place where the lightning is dispersed, or the place where the east winds are scattered over the earth? Who cuts a channel for the torrents of rain and a path for the thunderstorm? to water a land where no one lives, an uninhabited desert, to satisfy a desolate wasteland and make it sprout with grass. Does the rain have a father? Who fathers the drops of dew? From whose womb comes the ice? Who gives birth to frost from heaven? When the waters become hard as stone, when the surface of the deep is frozen, can you bind the chains of Pleiades? Can you loosen Orion's belt? Can you bring forth constellations in their seasons, or lead out the bear with its cubs? Do you know the laws of heaven? Can you set up God's dominion over the earth? Can you raise your voice to the clouds and cover yourself with a flood of water? Do you send the lightning bolts on their way? Do they report to you, here we are? Who has put wisdom in the inward parts, or given understanding to the mind? Who has the wisdom to count the clouds? Who can tip over the water jars of the heavens when the dust becomes hard and the clods of earth stick together? Do you hunt the prey for the lioness and satisfy the hunger of the lions when they crouch in their dens or lie in wait in a thicket? Who provides food for the raven when its young cry out to God and wander about for lack of food? In Psalm 104, the psalmist writes, Praise the Lord, O my soul. Lord my God, you are very great. You are clothed with the splendor and majesty. The Lord wraps himself in light as with a garment. He stretches out the heavens like a tent, and he lays the beams of his upper chambers on their waters. He makes the clouds his chariot and rides on the wings of the wind. He makes winds his messengers, flames of fire his servants. He set the earth on its foundations. It can never be moved. You covered it with the watery depths as with a garment. The waters stood above the mountains, but at your rebuke the waters fled. At the sound of your thunder they took flight. They flowed over the mountains. They went down into the valleys to the place you assigned for them. You set a boundary they cannot cross. Never again will they cover the earth. He makes springs pour water into the ravines. It flows between the mountains. They give water to all the beasts of the field. The wild donkeys quench their thirst. The birds of the sky nest by the waters. They sing among the branches. He waters the mountains from his upper chambers. The land is satisfied by the fruit of his work. He makes grass grow for the cattle and plants for people to cultivate, bringing forth food from the earth, wine that gladdens human hearts, oil to make their faces shine, and bread that sustains their hearts. The trees of the Lord are well watered, the cedars of Lebanon that he planted. There the birds make their nests, the stork has its home in the junipers. 
The high mountains belong to the wild goats. The crags are a refuge for the hyrax. He made the moon to mark the seasons, and the sun knows when to go down. You bring darkness, it becomes night, and all the beasts of the forest prowl. The lions roar for their prey and seek their food from God. The sun rises and they steal away. They return and lie down in their dens. Then people go out to their work, to their labor until evening. How many are your works, O Lord? In wisdom you made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. There is the sea, vast and spacious, teeming with creatures beyond number, living things both large and small. There the ships go to and fro, and Leviathan which you formed to frolic there. All creatures look to you, to give them their food in the proper time. When you give it to them, they gather it up. When you open your hand, they are satisfied with good things. When you hide your face, they are terrified. When you take away their breath, they die and return to the dust. When you send your spirit, they are created, and you renew the face of the ground. May the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works. He who looks at the earth and it trembles, who touches the mountains and they smoke. I will sing to the Lord all of my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. May my meditation be pleasing to him as I rejoice in the Lord. But may sinners vanish from the earth and the wicked be no more. Praise the Lord, O my soul. Praise the Lord. In these words, Job 38 and Psalm 104 help us see the gravity and grace of the creator-creation distinction, and they give us strong encouragement to see our little lives as small but divinely ordered parts of our Father's world. Praise the Lord for His grace.